conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman. Today I'm joined by Shane Connard, Becky Rice, and Nick Ball to talk about Lost Season 1. It's going to be something, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that is what it is going to be. <laughs> I trust this very little. <laughs> I'm excited for us to actually talk about Lost and not get distracted and talk about things that are not Lost. I'm trusting all of you guys to slap my hand when I start sneaking into other seasons here because I'm the only one on this who has not rewatched this in the last month or so. <laughs> Cool. I still, I, I feel like I have to, I have like an hour of just not giving away any spoilers, I think is how I'm trying to focus my attention here. I only have to, I only have to keep my focus for like an hour. <laughs> I only, yeah. It's like a whole step. Yeah, exactly. Well, Shane, so we keep your attention. We'll just dive right in and talk a little bit about the cast because the show started in 2004, if I am doing numbers correctly, which is very debatable these days. And it seems like a lot of these people weren't quite as big of stars as most of them became once this show got going. And after the fact, in the case of Evangeline Lilly being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I feel like most of them weren't. Like a couple of them were, but... Yeah. Yeah. Most of these people, this was their... I don't know what you call it. Their breakout breakthrough role. Yeah. I I have trouble saying oh. roles. Yeah. I guess especially season one. It's funny though. When you look back on it now, you're just like, this cast is stacked. There's a lot of people in this freaking show. Uh, yeah. Even just looking yeah. at the IMDB page, I'm like, Oh, all of these people I recognize haven't even been introduced yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, no. Spoilers. Yeah, stay away from that IMDb page. I won't scroll too far. Because Deanna, at this point of us recording this, you've watched up into the finale of season two, right? Yes. Yeah. So there's a lot. Like, there's still there's all kinds of stuff that you haven't even like begun <laughs> to think is possible. Um, and so I would avoid the IMDb. I didn't even think about like warning you to not. To not look at the cast, because yeah, there's entire characters you haven't met yet. I'll just go look at the episode by episode guide. This way I only see the people <laughs> in that episode. <laughs> I think that's safest. I mean, sometimes I just scroll through to see who's in a show before I decide if I want to watch it anyway. And as you all know, it was not hard to convince me to watch this. It was much harder trying to get me to watch Parks and Rec a show which I only made it through four episodes of. You saw Matthew Fox on this one, and you're like, I'm in. Right. <laughs> it's actually what sold it to me when I watched it for the first time back in, what, 2012. I was like, Matthew Fox in 2004 sounds like exactly what I need right now. You're just really having withdrawals from not having seen him in anything in a while, and you're like, yep, this looks like <laughs> yep. it. This is the thing that I need. He's a big We Are Marshall head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And it's funny that three of the main people in the show just ended up on Hawaii Five-0, and I want to bet it's because they were already in Hawaii. Yeah, I guess you you work on Lost and you're shooting in Hawaii, and then you find out whatever shows are shooting in Hawaii because you would just want to hang out there somewhere, right? <laughs> We don't want to leave this island. I was just going to say, as long as you're one of the uh, one of the people who stayed on the show by not getting a DUI in Hawaii, then yep. fun stuff. I actually want to ask you guys a question though, because you've all seen this at least once, maybe more than once, depending on who we're talking about here. But what were your first impressions of the show, if you remember them? Again, I probably watched this in like 2000. Oh man, I surely don't know. Even watching it for a second time, I'm, I, like as things are coming back to me, it, it's it's like I'm I'm I don't know seeing it for the first time, even though I already definitely know what happens in the end. But I, I remember being sold pretty early, despite having no idea what I was getting myself into. I really thought I was just getting like uh, you know I thought I thought it was just as plain as a plane crash and people deserted on an island and just like trying to figure it out. It's like scripted uh, scripted Survivor plus a plane crash. <laughs> yeah, Becky, how about you? I want to say that I first watched Lost. I think it was when it first came to Netflix. Um, so the show had already ended. I did not watch it while it was on. And several people that I knew like watched it and were like, this is the best show ever. And I was like, okay, sure. Um, I mean, you know me. I don't watch a lot of, of shows. I'm a, I'm a movies kind of gal. And I guess it just being on Netflix, it was really easy for me to be like, okay, fine, like I'll watch this. And I ended up watching the first two seasons, or no, the first season in two days. That's much faster than I watched it. That is insane and not a thing that anybody <laughs> should ever do, if we're being honest. But it ruled. And I remember the first time I saw a polar bear and I was like, oh shit, I am fucking in for this. Like, I don't know what's happening, but like, yeah. <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Nick, did you watch this when it was on? Yeah, I watched it. Uh, I remember leading up to the pilot, it was a big deal because all the reviews were about how great this pilot was. And I think at the time it was the most expensive pilot ever made. So I, I remember it coming on and it being a big deal. And um, and we we and my family watched it as it aired probably through season four and then kind of fell off of it. And then I would try to get back in, but I think as you can tell by just watching the first two seasons, it's not a show to watch parts of. (laughs) (laughs) So then it wasn't until I think 2011 that I watched it all in full again. Well, everything that I had seen again and then the end of it. And then I watched it again in 2013. And then I've watched the entire thing out of order for a reason that Becky has uh, forbid us for talking about on this podcast. <laughs> we don't talk about Jeff Rosenstock or Chris Heron <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, no, I'm only doing this because they won't have me on their podcast. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so I've seen the whole, the whole thing three times and the first few seasons four times. That is some lost dedication, Nick. I think it's the only show that I have a relationship to like that. And it's not my favorite show. I love it a whole bunch. But like, (laughs) I I don't think I've watched any other show that isn't like a a cartoon where reruns are out of order and you don't care. 
this many times. Yeah, it does seem like the kind of show that the fans of Lost really, really got invested in. Whereas sometimes you really love a show, but it's not a show you necessarily feel the need to rewatch. Like, I love Hannibal, but I don't know how many times I would be interested in rewatching Hannibal. I've actually never rewatched it. I kind of want to do it at least once. But then after that, I'm just probably going to be like, you know what, I don't need to keep watching this over and over again. Lost is just a show that's very textured. Like it's very lush and very textured. And so when you revisit it, there's a lot, there's a lot to revisit and to unpack um, and really pick up on things that maybe you didn't pick up on before. And that's, I think, why I find myself watching it multiple times, because when you decided that you would watch it, this is my third watch through okay. of it. Plus the time that I listened to all of the episodes out of order. <laughs> well, I didn't listen to the episodes, but you know, <laughs> we're not talking about that here, but we love it. If you say so. I haven't listened to the podcast in question. Because you can't listen to it because you haven't finished the show yet, but you will listen to it. We promise that she'll listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're, we're doing we're doing six lost episodes and then one episode about back to the island <laughs> this is news to me so i would love to film or not film what is this called what are we doing here in this we are recording medium recording we're on air i would we're on air i would love to go on air and talk about back to the island let's do an episode about that <laughs> Becky, every time you're on this podcast, you just give me more homework. How does this keep happening? Every time I talk to Becky, I just get more homework. <laughs> I, I have like a web browser up of like 12 records I'm supposed to listen to, uh, assumingly by the next time I, I talk to Becky. <laughs> Nick, do you feel taxed by our relationship? Do I give you things to do? You do. I just don't do them. <laughs> I, I, I still have only listened to one the National album. So. <laughs> I was about to say, I only asked you to listen to one of them. And then I realized that the one record you've listened to is not the one I asked you to listen to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that one that one I already liked. Oh, my God. If you're listening <laughs> to this podcast, please listen to Boxer by The National. Because Nick's never going to. Now, all of the listeners have homework. So, you know, you, got, you guys better do that. Becky's going to be back and she's going to be checking in. She wants your, your report on her desk by Tuesday, day's end. <laughs> today is Tuesday. Oh, shit. Or, today, will be, today will be Tuesday. Yes, that is actually very true. Today is Tuesday when you are hopefully listening to this. But you guys, so much happens in this first season. So much. I don't even know if we're going to be able to get through every single little thing. So I'm sure there are people out there who are going to be yelling at us. But I think the pilot does a nice job of setting up the who's who. And I know I was texting you guys and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to remember all of these people's names because there are so many people you have Matthew Fox, who we mentioned already playing Dr. Jack Shepard. So right away after the plane crashes, we know he's the doctor because he's the one running around everywhere trying to help people. We quickly find out that Evangeline Lilly's Kate Austin is a criminal. Terry O'Quinn's John Locke seems kind of like a weird dude. And, you know, we eventually find out that he was paralyzed. And then after the plane crash, not paralyzed. We have Saeed, Hurley, Claire, Sawyer, Jin and Son, Charlie, Shannon, Boone, Michael, Walt, 
And we even get quite a bit of Rose, I think, in the pilot. And that's so many characters. <laughs> it truly is. And Vincent. <laughs> Can't forget Vincent. We cannot forget Vincent, the best dog. <laughs> Leading man. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. But they really give you a sense of who these characters are and what their lives were like at the time of the crash, you know, Charlie was in a band and he tries to play that off with all of the other people on the island at some point and nobody cares. They're just like, yeah, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> that is, that's a great running thing that like, oh yeah, I guess you'd know me. I'm the guitarist for that band. And it's no, not, nobody knows who you are, Charlie. It's definitely a thing a guitarist would say. <laughs> I'm staying quiet. <laughs> Sorry, Shane. I was like, it is very quiet in that section of the computer. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see you guys. This is weird. <laughs> but I wanted to get everyone's opinion on who we liked at the beginning of the season and who we ended up hating by the end of the season or just didn't like as much and vice versa. Because at the beginning, I didn't like Charlie at all. He kind of felt like he was going to end up being way too annoying. And we've all seen season two, but there's a point in season two where, he, you know, things get iffy with Charlie again. And then I'm like, was I right in season one when I didn't like him? <laughs> I actually have specifically thought about the Charlie thing. Again, being my second watch through, I, I think I made it pretty clear coming in. It's like, w- love Charlie. I feel like I feel like ever feel like anybody that's made it to past the first season of that show loves Charlie. But you're right. Like watching it and uh, watching the first season again and being like, oh yeah, like maybe I don't really, maybe I didn't love Charlie at first, but you, you come around. But yeah, that that was that was a pretty big one. Um, there's a couple of people that I feel like I've liked the whole time or I, or I won't dislike till later and things like that as well. But as far as the first season goes, Charlie's the big turnaround for me. Yeah. Deanna, where do you land on Sawyer at the end of the season? It was one of those things where I knew he was going to be that character who tried to be hated by everyone pretty much from the start because that's how he acts. But then just because I've watched so many TV shows... So many. We don't need to talk about how many. But I was like, okay, I like Jack because he's helping people at the beginning. I don't like Sawyer because he doesn't really want to do anything for anyone but himself. So naturally, I was like, okay, I'm going to flip on these two characters. Right, because it's either you're going to flip on Sawyer or he's going to be killed off pretty quick, right? Yeah, and thankfully he wasn't. You know, sometimes you look at things on IMDb and it ruins things for you. It's true. (laughs) Very sad about Boone, though. Becky, I know you agree. Okay, so that's what I was going to say. So from the very beginning of this show, I was like, Boone, we like him. He's hot. Because (laughs) I have one very specific type of man that I'm attracted to. And they are tall and thin boys with dark, swoopy hair and sensitive eyes who read books. Um, And so I was like, yeah. He's actually a, a fairly flat character. And, kind, and that's kind of like a letdown <laughs> a little bit. And so on like my second watch, I was like, yup, still hot. But <laughs> I'm much less excited to like revisit that. I will say though that when when I was watching season one for, for the first time, when Boone dies, which is, you know, it's not like early in the show, but it is still, it's the first big 
death of like a character that we've really like known or like explored. And I, I was like really upset. And the person that I was watching it with was like, Oh no, like if this is messing you up, like <laughs> your brain is going to explode later. Cause you barely know this guy. Yeah, you're right. This is, yeah, that's, that's such a shocking moment for someone who has not been through lost yet. Right. It's yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dude. I don't know. I, I, I never liked Mopey Pretty Boy, uh, but, but, yeah, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's, an, it's an affecting exit for him. <laughs> yeah, Boone's always always bothered me, but no, it's it's fine. I, also, just I'm going on the uh, the idea of things that bother me right now. The uh, the Shannon Saeed relationship always makes me. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't. It feels super forced. Yeah, yeah, it's it feels like this really superficial relationship and. I don't know. Good news is it doesn't last long. Yeah, true. <laughs> I do like to see when they go on their like beach picnics and just a, just a happy Saeed with his beautifully shampooed hair somehow. <laughs> That's always nice to see. <laughs> Can't argue that. It's funny how I started noticing little things like that too, Nick. I was like, I mean, I understand there's water, but why does their hair look washed? I was like... <laughs> Do you know what my hair looks like after three days of not washing it? A nightmare. It looks disgusting. And none of their hair looked disgusting the entire time. And I was like, you know what? Claire has a big stock of makeup, too. (laughs) Kate has a lot of outfits. Yes. Like, she changes outfits more than anybody else on the show, I feel like. And they're variations on the same outfit. So you kind of don't notice it. But re-watching it, I'm like, wait. That shirt is a completely different color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or sometimes it would like look like she was wearing men's jeans one day and then not the next day. <laughs> There's a lot of dead people's suitcases they they got to go through in, in the pilot. You know? Yeah, that's and true. they all happen to be thin, beautiful people, so she can wear their thin, beautiful people clothes. Again, it was, it was coming beautiful. from Australia. <laughs> And Hurley obviously had to find his own luggage. Yeah, I was about to yeah. actually say, like, I feel like Hurley's the only one that wears, like, maybe the same shirt the whole time on the island, right? I think they make a joke early on. I mean, it's not a joke because I think it's, like, a very tense time and Hurley is having a bad time. But somebody points out to him, like, you're the only one that seems to be gaining weight trapped on this island. And yeah. I, I remember that as being, like... A Hurley is bad, having a bad time episode, so it's not necessarily a joke, but... It's Charlie. Is it? it it's when Charlie's looking for the peanut butter. Oh. Right? That makes sense. Because he says, like, he's like, I mean, like, look at you. And, you know, he's like, and you haven't lost any weight. And he's like, I'm a big dude. Like, it's going to take a while. Yeah. Deanna, one of my favorite things, speaking of, like, the unbelievability of things like staying clean, like, whatever, one of my favorite things that you have texted like to us as we've all been rewatching this together is how is Charlie's guitar still clean? I don't know why, but that really made me laugh. (laughs) I just feel like, you know, mine sits in the corner of my office indoors and it gets so dusty so fast. And I'm just like, why, why is this so clean? Why is there not sand all over it? Because the Island gives you what you need. And sometimes your guitar needs a bath and the Island just gives it, to it do you know how bad salty air is for (laughs) (laughs) i knew shane would have an opinion on this please (laughs) just the humidity i feel like it would be waterlogged at that point right (laughs) yeah that's uh i hate his stupid guitar 
I actually don't know anything about salt air being bad for guitars. Oh, do, metal do, we, strings do we happen to have an expert on the line? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shane's just like, nope, I'm done talking about this guitar. His guitar as a whole has bothered me. It's I think about it all the time. Charlie's guitar just is my least favorite character. Does it bother you because it seems like a guitar he would not have? I really wish I thought more about why Charlie's guitar bothers me so much, but (laughs) no, I I think it's just, I I think that it's, oh, I don't have any good answers for this. I think it's really just the fact that it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. It lands. There's so many just like bodies on the beach, but Charlie's guitar has all six strings it stays clean for an entire month. Because of the island. Sometimes yeah. it gives you working legs. Sometimes it just keeps your guitar clean. Yeah. For somebody who's like the guitarist of, of, of a very, of a huge band, it just seems like he's, when he plays guitar, he's like playing a chord for the first time. And I'm like, no, you're like a rock. Like you're famous. You're supposed to be famous. So when Charlie plays guitar, it looks like what I look like when I play guitar. <laughs> I don't know what you look like when you play guitar, but I feel like that's maybe an insult to you. <laughs> is is the Charlie busking scene in one of the seasons that Deanna has watched? Because, oh my God, that one. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. I don't think well, that's happened yet. Yeah, I don't think okay. that's happened. I, I'm, I'm keeping my mouth shut, though. But he's playing yeah, a song by a, ba- by a band that his band is definitely based on. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) So do you guys have favorite characters for the season? Oh, for this season specifically? Yeah. I like Charlie Claire. Claire Charlie. Like, I mean, I know that that's not like a character, but like, I love, I love them. I love that relationship. I love that like dynamic. I love like, yeah. I I love Claire. I I love Claire. (laughs) Um, I like I'm other characters too. Oh, and Hurley, Hurley's great. The first, like the golfing scene is just a, a, a truly great moment when he when he builds the the golf course. Yes. Yeah, it's like the first like you find out how warm of a character Hurley is, and it's great. I remember feeling the same way the first time I watched this as I do now. Like I liked, I liked slash like uh, Locke uh, this at this point, even though I think that there's some, there's some lying that happens in the first season. I'm still like team lock. I like the whole, uh, I like his whole man of faith vibe. And then also I just, I love Claire. (laughs) (laughs) Good choices. Shane, Nick, how about you? I am also a big Hurley guy, a big Charlie guy. Although, um, as we've, Talked about season one and two have some difficulty with him. I become a big gin guy, but season mm-hmm. one, I, I always loved. Whenever it was an episode that's a gin and son flashback, I'm I'm in. Their their flashbacks are so yeah. good. Yeah, they're always great. Love Sawyer's flashbacks as well. And as we talked about, Sawyer grows on. Yeah, we've talked off record. I love Kate, and <laughs> I know that people don't understand that. <laughs> but but I love her and Kate Austin does not deny vaccines. <laughs> She's an anti-vaxxer. No, not Kate Austin. No, no, Evangeline Lilly maybe, but Kate Austin definitely not. I can't unsee it. Like rewatching the show now, 
like I can't I can't remove her from the character and I really hate that. Locke is hard for me. He uh, he's got some good stuff, but some stuff that drives me up a wall. And then I think I end up siding with him more just because I hate Jack so much. <laughs> That's fair. Jack sucks. I, de- yeah. I definitely didn't feel that way on first watch, but since then, oh boy. Yeah. See, yeah. season one, I didn't have a problem with Jack because he spent so much time trying to save people and help people that you kind of miss some of the things you don't like about him. And I think season two, we'll have that discussion later, but (laughs) that's where things start to change with Jack for me. But I really love Sun. I think she's the character you just can't hate. Same with Hurley for the most part too. Those two characters, it's just like, they might make mistakes, but they're never doing these sorts of things on purpose. And so there's just something, like, innocent about the two of them. Even though Sun was going to leave Jin, and we don't need to dive too deep into that, but she had her reasons. So then you see her working through all of these different feelings, too. And I just like the progression her character takes. There's so much to it. Like, yeah. and I remember, I remember when I got there, um, on this rewatch, I remember realizing that I was like coming up on like episode six and I was like, oh yeah, like this is like a Jen and Son episode. I was like, I'm so stoked for this. Like, I, I think all of those episodes are super solid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think on the, on the Sun and Hurley being likable front, I feel like it, it, there's like a whole overarching theme with like characters that are that are pure and i think that it's just really easy to point out that like hurley and son are pretty pure characters and i don't know i feel like everybody's kind of drawn to them right off the bat i would agree with that you don't really have to work for it with them the way that like you do with some of these other characters where you're like oh am i gonna end up liking this person like dan i feel like when we were when we started rewatching it and like Someone's like, oh, this character, oh, that character. And you're like, I'm going to like this person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's easy, especially if you just like base it off of the pilot. You just like, you see Sawyer. I think Deanna's first reaction was like, okay, I've identified the racist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very early. (laughs) Some of these lines and jokes definitely would not fly today. And I was literally like, ooh. They did that? <laughs> I think some of them are meant to not fly even then. Like, I think it's meant to make it identifiable who's who and where they stand. Yeah, but even like the fat jokes with Hurley, too, you know, it's like that might have been fine then. But now it's like, no, we're not going to make fun of someone like Hurley. Oh, yeah. Especially the Sawyer. I feel like it's always made like the other party sound bad more so than it sounded like oh this is a funny joke to make with a person right and i felt that way like the first time like watching it too but i don't know maybe that's just maybe that's just me i don't know i tend to i guess think a lot (laughs) on things like hmm why did this happen and why was this person doing this or saying this thing this way or why are these people named this way um and i get really like obsessive about it or at least when it's good television. This is this is good television. Like, there's so much to chew on and think about. This is good television. We like it. <laughs> <laughs> 
the one character we haven't touched on too much, or I suppose two characters, are Michael and Walt. They have a very interesting relationship because it's really like their relationship was just beginning. And then they are thrown into this insane situation. And they have Vincent. Well, more so Walt has Vincent. And it's just like, you know, Vincent appears, I think, in episode three, they're reunited. But then it takes a while to get to Michael's backstory. That doesn't happen until the second half of the season. So it feels like even though he's a pretty important character, especially once, you know, we end up getting into season two stuff, it takes a while for them to be like, hey, we're going to develop this character and his son now. Right, because it feels their relationship, the, the you know, getting to know each other right right before all of this, it, it feels so important to it, but he's he's like so low down in the order that you don't get to it late that it's almost watching it feels like a reveal. And I don't think it's written to feel like a reveal. I think it's just because it took so long. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's such a sad situation and I think I felt this way the first watch through on this but like especially re-watching it you want to feel for Michael and be like wow what like a horrible like predicament to be in and like but you can't because he's the worst. so hard yeah, I don't know where so that hard what that disconnect is because I totally agree with you he's just like super abrasive and I just want to be like yo dude like your kid doesn't know you and I understand that that's frustrating for you but he also is dealing with his own trauma plus he also just survived a plane crash like maybe be a little bit nicer to your child it's very obvious he doesn't know what it's like to be a parent because the wife took Walt away so early and it really felt like you know Walt had every right to be the way he was in season one, I did find him annoying at times, but also I don't particularly enjoy children and find most of them annoying. <laughs> so it was one of those things where I was watching it and I was like, okay, you know, Walt just wants to sit here and read this Flash comic in Spanish that belonged to Hurley. And his dad will not let him do that. He won't let him go hang out with Locke, which I kind of understand because that's kind of a weird dynamic there. And <laughs> Locke is very strange at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the beginning of the that's season. That's one way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> He's something. It is one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. It's let me know when you stop thinking he's he's strange. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> At least I haven't yet, so there's that. But because it seems like Locke is the oldest guy in at least the main group that we see. So the fact that he's hanging out with the young child, you're just like, I don't know how I feel about this. I guess I understand that. I don't know. He's like a grandfather figure. Yeah, if I were a parent in that situation, I would probably be very weird about that, too. But I don't know that I would yell at my child. Yeah, especially if he's the guy who's skulking skulking around and, like, showing up with a box of knives. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I guess. It's okay. I mean, we'll see. But also, you know, when they're just sitting around and you're just killing time on a beach because you live there now and he is just teaching your son backgammon. I don't know. <laughs> 
Well, we can't talk about season one without also addressing Ethan and Danielle, because they are the two who were already on the island. Ethan tries to insert himself in the group and make it seem like he was someone on the plane, but that backfires when Hurley goes around doing his little census, which I think is a treat to all of us. And he's like, I love it. Someone's not on the manifest. And he's just like so paranoid about it. And everyone else is kind of like, eh, okay, you know, we'll look into it. And then Ethan takes Claire and Charlie. And that whole situation is so tense. And you almost think that Charlie is going to be one of the first main characters to die. Yeah. They definitely got me there. Yeah, that's fair. Is this the uh, the part where he leaves behind his trail of knuckle bandages that he's been writing things on? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I never got that whole thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, the, the Ethan reveal, it's so menacing. <laughs> it is. He's so yeah. good at, at, at that turn there. Yeah. Yeah, and I do want to say I watched some of the bonus stuff because I had the DVDs for season one. And where did you get those? At the library. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone, go get a library card. This podcast is brought to you by the library. All of them. Go far with a library card. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a bonus feature specifically on the fight scene between Ethan and Jack that I thought was really good because it happened so fast the way they cut that scene together that you can't tell that it's this sort of choreographed fight because it's wet and it's muddy and it's disgusting. (laughs) And Jack doesn't stand a chance in that moment. And I think (laughs) that's where Ethan definitely seems the most threatening and likely to kill everyone who gets in his way. Yeah. He's a bad guy. How did you guys feel about the not Charlie death? That whole ethan thing and and the and the charlie not death that i don't know it's all it is something about all of that was so well played that it felt really real to me and it still kind of gives me chills to think about i don't know it's i guess relieved is the answer but like it's it's frightening the whole thing is like truly frightening i think yeah and on another note for that too they had dominic monahan in that harness up there for like eight hours one day and he was just hanging there to get that scene and the way that they shot this show everyone had to be so dedicated to their parts and to their characters in order for this to come together the way it did because nick you mentioned that this was one of the most expensive pilots and you can see that production value in this this does not look like your typical TV show from 2004 at this point. It still looks really good. Yeah, when yeah. I watch it now, I'm like, oh, if this if somebody told me that this was a show that was recorded like you know, in the last like few years, I don't I I wouldn't feel super surprised by that. I mean, like some of the dialogue obviously like, I'm yeah. like oh, that seems dated, but but the actual like filming of it is timeless, I feel like. Whereas a lot of shows that came out at its, at the same time feel very much of that time. It helps that they didn't use a ton of CGI for these things. It seems like they went with a lot of practical effects. Yeah, even the things that like you're expecting to see something like CGI, like you're really just, you're hearing something rather than seeing it. Yeah, season one does a great job of that, I think. I mean, just 
with well you know no spoilers i don't know i don't know who's listening to this who's also only seen <laughs> season 1 but when you're in those first few episodes where where something's happening in the jungle and it's all noises and rustling trees and some trees just get mowed down it's that's like that's like the those simple horror tricks of just not showing you it right, right away right they'll use like that distant rustling and then sometimes it'll just be like some like just jacked up boar that is running through people. <laughs> Sometimes it's a polar bear, and then other times it's just other types of larger unrest. <laughs> they did get real boars for this show, too. <laughs> is that in the bonus features? <laughs> it was. They had one chasing Sawyer, and I was so excited to watch it happen like 10 times. <laughs> It didn't really gore anybody's leg, though, I hope. No, they had it so that the people who were handling the animals were close by. And then he would kind of fall before the animal got to him. And I think the way they cut everything together, again, is how they made that look so much more realistic. Makes sense. Yeah, but then we have Danielle. Do you all have any thoughts on her character? I love Rousseau. I think the invention of her time loop message is so great. And then the the discovery of her and her having seemingly lost her mind dealing with this insane island this whole time. I think it's great. I think one of my favorite things about Rousseau as a character, and then this is going to kind of like lead into a tangent about other characters. That's why I was like, oh, maybe I'll wait for Nick to say something first. (laughs) But like, just thinking about like Rousseau being named Rousseau, just like Locke is named Locke. And like, there are a lot of characters named after philosophers on this show. And I remember picking up on some of those like fairly early on my first watch through Um, And then on the second watch, there's other characters that I did not make those connections with that I'm now like picking up on Um, because I'm just, I don't know, maybe I'm smarter or or I've read more books since (laughs) since that time. Um, But Deanna, like, did you pick up on any of those? Like, did you make any of those connections or like think about them? Because I could go off about like the naming of these characters. Honestly, John Locke was the only name that stood out to me because you don't necessarily know a lot of people's last names right away in this show. So like, I didn't know until literally right before we recorded this that Kate's last name was Austin. And Austin spelled in the way as like Jane Austen. But I thought that Nick had said that. Did he not? Did he? I thought Nick used her full name at some point, but I could be wrong. I could just not know how to read. Maybe you're reading so many books that you can't read digital messages. I don't know why I didn't just say texts. Possible. <laughs> we, we've got a few of those good names in this one, but yeah, that'll definitely be something we come back to as more characters are introduced. Yeah, there's a lot of characters that have yep. like great naming conventions that haven't been introduced like Rousseau um, and Locke, we've both been introduced to already here. Um, and I mean, like both of those are philosophers who kind of like their whole, as philosophers, both of them, like their whole things are like the goodness of like human beings and advocating for like systems of govern of government that like are led by the people and that actually serve the people rather than being like, oh, here's like a single person in charge. 
And so I thought it was really interesting that like these are the characters that we're choosing to give these names to. And of course, the de facto leader being Shepard. Jack Shepard. Yep. And and his big uh, crisis with with faith and of course his dad being Christian Shepard, <laughs> who he has a tumultuous relationship with. I feel like the like his dad being named Christian and him constantly back and forth with his relationship with his dad was a, making it a, was a little heavy handed. Like I think that if they had just left it yes. like oh the crisis of faith oh the like being called to be a leader when he like did not actually want to be one and his last name being Shepard I think that that would have been fine. But that moment where you like realize like his dad's name is Christian Shepherd, it felt like, <laughs> hey, did you idiots get it? <laughs> yeah. See, I'm one of those idiots, so I I actually really appreciate it. <laughs> it's okay, Shane. You know? I'm not joking. I'm being serious. One of these one of these great names um, is a season two name that Deanna knows, but I did not know that it was a reference to something until I was in Scotland and saw a statue with that person's name on it. And I'm guessing you guys know who I'm talking about when I say Scotland. Yeah, Nick, that's next episode. <laughs> okay. I know we're just on the names. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm saying we're going to come back to the names. There's so many names. Okay. There's going to be some good names. There's so many names. There are truly so many names. I was like, okay, I think I have them all down now. And then they were like, oh, here's a few more characters, you know, when they threw in Rousseau and Ethan. And I was like, okay, they're going to have to kill at least a few people. And, you know, rest in peace, Greg Grunberg. You know, he lasted two episodes, I think. (laughs) One of my favorite advents on Lost is... You know, because it, it happened in the past, so we're not we're not spoiling anything. But you know, there's six seasons, and every once in a while, they just start. <laughs> there's some characters that you've never seen before, and you're like, "Yeah, they've been on the plane. They're just not a main character there." <laughs> like Scott and Steve. Yeah, Scott and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's dead? I don't know. <laughs> Nobody else does either. Is it Scott. It's Steve. Scott. Dude, it's Steve. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Becky, I think we unfortunately have to talk about Boone's death because that's certainly one of the big ones for the season. And they do at least wait until towards the end of the season. It's not like they kill any of our major characters off, you know, in the first five or ten episodes. So I didn't think that the reason that I didn't think that Boone, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I think like there were multiple other times where I thought like, oh, somebody's going to die or like, oh, somebody's going to get hurt. And then they never did like they got like close to that right like charlie and claire yeah and then it lulled me into the sense of like false comfort where i was like okay it's fine like this isn't gonna happen and then it did and it's not even like it's not it's not fast it's not like and then it's done it's like a slow like sad it was rough it like I remember like I had to like pause it and um at the time I smoked cigarettes and I don't do that now and if you are listening to this podcast and you smoke cigarettes you should stop but um I had to like pause it and like like and like walk outside and be like I was like I was like I need a minute like I remember I remember getting up and being like I need to go smoke a cigarette like I need to like stop watching this TV show um which is wild because like 
yeah, like, I joke about, like, oh, my gosh, Boone. But, like, he's, I mean, he's not a great character. Like, it's it's fine, you know? Um, but that death really, like, sent me. Is part of that surprise being so sure that surely they would kill off Shannon before Boone? I think some of it was. <laughs> like, I was like, they've got to get rid of this girl. And they almost did when she was having the asthma attacks. I So I actually thought that that was how, I like, part of me was like, I was like, okay, like, She's going to die, and but it's not going to be something related to this, like, it's not going to be the island, it's not going to be the others, it's not going to be a, bo- like, it's going to be, like, this thing, like, and it's that's going to get us kind of used to, like, okay, like, this is real. Because if you go too long in that type of situation without letting, like, characters that you're learning about and knowing about die, I don't know, you kind of, like, lose audience interest because they're like, okay, well, like, this isn't realistic because, like, nothing's happening. So I kind of thought that that was going to happen, but then I also was like... Does that, oh man, I should have taken notes, but like, does that happen before or after we kind of see like her in Australia prior to like getting on the plane? That's before. The asthma attack is before we see that? It's in episode eight when we get more of Sawyer's background. That's right. I have to say, as the person here with asthma, I did not enjoy watching those scenes. I was like, am I going to have an asthma attack now watching her have an asthma attack? (laughs) Yeah. On the Boone death. I I feel like during the pilot episode, the first time I watched, because I guess I'm just like cynical, I was just like, I wonder which one of these characters that they've just introduced me to is going to die first. And I am like fairly certain that I was like, it's definitely going to be Boone. And I feel like I thought that pretty early on. I don't know what that adds to this right now. I guess I'm just bragging that I definitely knew it was going to be Boone. <laughs> and that and that made me happy because I didn't like Boone. Shane's trying to make up for not getting the like Christian Shepherd reference. Whoa! <laughs> by being by being like, okay, well, I might not have seen that one, but I did see Boone's death coming. Becky, that was a bit. <laughs> I don't think it was. <laughs> believe what you want to believe. I think I was mad because it seemed like his death could have been so avoidable but because Locke was so persistent and just wanted what he wanted or what he thought the island wanted him to want i was about to say it's it wasn't what he wanted it was the sacrifice the island demanded yeah the island could have sacrificed shannon sooner (laughs) i'm not disagreeing i'm just saying Locke's thought death rest in peace boone's jawline Yeah, the death of a jawline. <laughs> That's really what we're mourning here. Truly. I think it's I think it's interesting though, because like we spend so much time like looking at like Jack's struggle with Faith, right? And like mm-hmm. bouncing back and forth um with like, you know, himself or like things working out or the island or his relationship with with his dad. Um, whereas with Locke, like once he gets to the island, this one good miraculous thing happens to him and he is all in and he like, there's not like, it is this like unwavering, unshakable faith. And then here we see this moment where like him thinking and holding on to that so tightly leads to somebody dying of what would have been, like you said, Deanna, like a, a potentially very preventable death. Right. It was definitely one of those things where I was like, Am I going to end up hating Locke because he's just going to get a bunch of people killed? <laughs> well, he's a, I, I think he's a tough character because of that. I think he's I think he's really well written and that makes you hate him a lot of the time. Yeah. I think he toes the line the most out of everyone. It's like you want to like him because 
when you see his flashbacks, you see what he's been through and everything that unraveled previously. And that comes to fruition a little more in season two in particular. So I won't touch on that too much. But (laughs) yeah, I'm just like, Locke is the one character. It's like the show doesn't want me to know how to feel about him. His flashback seems like almost the most profound to show you why he's doing what he's doing. But as we go, they make this choice to just make his backstory the wackiest one out of the all of them. <laughs> like, I, I guess that probably all starts after season one, but I yeah. know you've seen some of it. Yep. Can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> one other big thing that I want to mention is the raft, because this is sort of Michael's big project, but it feels like it's still tossed aside a lot of the time until episode 17 where the raft is burned and then we find out it's Walt because Walt wants to stay on the island and that felt like a very weird thing for the kid to want. Well, we can't talk about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> and next thought. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> But I do want to talk about the raft in particular because everyone the is. The raft as a character. <laughs> everyone is trying to figure out sort of what their purpose is, with maybe the exception of Sawyer. And Michael, with his previous experience in construction, is just like, I'm going to build something that may or may not get us out of here. And it's a pretty intense raft that they're building it's not like this dinky little thing and i don't know nick maybe you can speak to the structure of the raft a little more but did it seem like it was a big project that maybe they shouldn't have been able to complete on an island you know i think if you're dedicating most of your sunlight i mean i mean obviously like i don't know what kind of tools they're they're (laughs) they're fashioning out there what if, if locks checking boxes and knives, I don't know, maybe people chop, <laughs> sent some saws over. They had the axe. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's impressive. And I am glad that, that I'm actually glad that it, they made such a big raft. Cause I don't think I would buy, you, you know, they think they're so far off course at this point. I don't, I would not be able to buy them like making a, a tiny dinky raft and, thinking that would be safe, Mm -hmm. make them safe. Um, I do love the raft. I think that's where, I mean, we, we get some great gin stuff this season Uh and it's, it's not like he is the best guy as far as we know. Right. That those where, where you start to see the bond grow between Michael and gin and Sawyer. I I love those scenes and I, I love that. Uh, build up towards Exodus with the raft. One of my favorite dynamics, probably throughout the entire show, is the is the Sawyer Jin dynamic. Absolutely, yeah, yep. I'm very excited to record some episodes fresh off of you finishing the season we're talking about, so I can get you to give us some predictions because yep. if we had a thing of you right now, like what's going to happen in the TV show lost at the end of season one. I mean, some things you guess may be right, but you would, you would end up so far off from where the show goes. And I can't wait for that. Yeah. That's the general gist that I've been getting from everyone I know who has watched it. They're like, Oh, you're watching lost. <laughs> <laughs> you're not ready for it. 
Yeah. And you're like coming into the season, like, like right now we're talking about season one and soon we'll be coming back talking about season two, but what you're actually about to start watching is season three. And I feel like that's where a lot of the big pivots okay. happen. Oh, like a lot of the things in the show that you're like, whoa, like I did not see that comic. Like, I think a lot of those happen um, in season three. I think there's a few things that happen in like season two that you're like, oh, like what? But I think some of that is that um, from what I remember when the show was on, I think that a lot of people started guessing and maybe getting a little bit too accurate to what the original plan for the show was supposed to be. Um, And so that there are some choices that are made at like the end of season one, um, beginning of season two that weren't originally uh, supposed to be like what happened in Lost. And then some of those kind of like, big pivots that happen in season three. Um, a lot of people believe that that's why, mm-hmm. um, but there's no way to really know. And I also can't really talk about it too much with you, Deanna, because you haven't, <laughs> you haven't seen the ending or, you know, all of these episodes. Yeah, you're definitely right. Season three at least kind of points the boat in the direction of the rest of the TV show. Yeah. Truly. I will say this show, the opening scenes for every season are pretty incredible. I just I just watched uh, the the first episode of season three, and I was like, wow, this this show really writes just an awesome opening scene. For I mean, the pilot's great. The opening scene of the pilot's great. The opening scene of season two is great. I can't wait to remember what the opening scene of season four is. Maybe that'll prove my theory wrong. But so far, yeah. One last thing before we get into final thoughts, <laughs> we have not talked about the hatch. Because none of our brains were working, apparently. (laughs) None of you yelled at me that we had not talked about the hatch. And Boone and Locke find this giant hatch that they just start digging out instead of hunting for boar to feed the people of the island. And you can tell that some people are kind of like, what are these guys doing? Because they obviously already know how good Locke is at hunting and it's like all of a sudden he's really bad at it and just making up like oh the boar went away (laughs) (laughs) so i think when they found the hatch you kind of knew that was going to be this big plot point for quite some time i kind of thought it was going to be like a little like diversion that like it didn't actually matter yeah because a hatch on a island is not suspicious at all no Nick, what's your thoughts on Locke? I, I, it doesn't matter. I like Kate. <laughs> <laughs> no, Locke is dead set on getting this bad boy open. Clearly the hatch is not a big part of the show because that starts happening in like episode 12 and we managed to go this entire recording <laughs> without mentioning it once. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the the defining effort that leads to the end of the season besides the raft. We used the numbers, Nick recited the numbers, but we did not talk about the numbers at all. <laughs> like, and that episode rules, by the way. Yeah. Who knew Hurley had so much money? I've seen the show, so... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shane. Spoilers. That was the only spoiler. We're getting close. Obviously, the the Boone stuff we talked about, uh, they're getting close to opening it. We go to the Black Rock, which is a big ship that is in the middle of the forest. Get some dynamite. Get some Aristania. Um, oh, yes. Rest in peace. That. 
Rip. And we blast it open and talk about, I mean, it, both like the A story and B story of the finale of this season is great. We talked about the raft. We didn't, we didn't really talk about the end of this season on the raft either. Yeah. Should we jump to the raft? <laughs> we got the, we got the hatch open. Okay, hatch is open. Raft. Hatch is open. They blow it up. Raft. Fantastic yeah. raft. We don't talk about the fact that Soria gets shot. That there's that Walt gets abducted. Here are all the spoilers. Just firing them off. <laughs> it is a very intense ending to the season because you don't know what's going to be in the hatch, and you don't know what's going to happen with anyone who was on the raft. Right. So I guess, I guess we should say they're, they're on the raft. They see a boat. They, they think they're saved. And the people on the boat say, hey, we're going to take the boy. And they do, the, do they blow up the raft and shoot Sawyer and, and take Walt? Well, Sawyer tries to shoot at them and then they pull on him first and then they shoot him and he falls into the water. I don't actually know. How does the raft break? Oh, I think they threw like a Molotov at it and blew it up. Mm. Okay. That sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds accurate. <laughs> Why don't I remember? I love that no, yeah, none of us can remember that. I told you guys I forgot to take notes on the finale. Yeah. <laughs> it's all my fault. Becky has fired me. I did not fire you once. You did not. I'm impressed. Podcast. But Deanna just fired herself. So this is my podcast now. Yep. Becky's taken over. And by the way, Deanna, we're giving you more homework because we found out that you've been watching bonus features for the first season. So you will need to be giving us more information on the show. We've all watched a million times. We're watching bonus features on the upcoming seasons. It's all on my shoulders. That's right. But now we have touched on the hatch. We've touched it. I want to give you all a chance to run through any final thoughts, anything we might have missed. Shane, do you have anything? You know, the only thing I have in my notes here is that I really wanted to mention how goofy of a name Ethan Rom is. I don't know why, (laughs) but Ethan Rom, every time I say it, I'm like, no, that's not right. But it is. And we missed that. So I just really wanted to make sure we brought that up. So thank you. Ethan's last name is Rom? Rom, R-O-M. Like a rom-com? Yeah, like like a CD-ROM, except for it's Ethan. It sounds like Ethan from. I'm looking at the Wikipedia where it says ROM. Yeah, and they say it in the show, too. And the first time they say it, I'm like, ROM? Like, Ethan ROM? Do you guys know that Linkin Park song that's all DJing? Um, and at, <laughs> at one point, there's like a voice that goes, now introducing Mr. Han. <laughs> when you said Ethan ROM, I was like, Ethan ROM. I Thank don't you know that. that but I Make sure you keep Richard that in. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Ball, everybody. <laughs> That's my favorite joke that I've made. Don't we in, the, in the joke. chat. It's <laughs> a good one. All right, sorry to steer that one, steer that boat <laughs> off course. Becky, do you have any final thoughts? I am very excited for you to continue watching Lost. And then anybody who, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if the people listening to this are going to be people who have watched it or thinking about watching it. I don't know. Yeah, do you need to put a spoilers in front of this if somebody hasn't watched Lost? I never do because I'm a jerk, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like anybody, if they listen to the podcast, then they probably know... That, like, the average episode, like, contains spoilers because, like, typically, like, you run through, like, plot. 
and things like that. Yeah. Which we did a great job of doing. (laughs) We did an excellent job and we never once got off topic or talked about something that was not related to Lost. Nope. Or season one of Lost. (laughs) Nope. We never talked about anything that happened in a different season. Nope. Not at all. We did very good. Um, No, I I think... I can't can't wait to keep up that trend. (laughs) I think that the only thing that I really had talked about or written in my notes that like, I really like wanted to talk about was just like, I mean, I kind of talked about like Charlie and Claire, but like the peanut butter scene, like in that show is like one of my all time favorite, like television moments that I've ever seen. Um, And apparently the actress that plays Claire is allergic to peanut butter. Hmm. I read that while I was thinking about this show. Um, So I don't know if that's true because I think I read it on Reddit which is a very factual source of information. And I did not check that before I just said it out loud. So oops, but I, I, I think that that's true. Um, but I love that scene and I love that scene. I think about it all of the time, <laughs> mostly because I eat a lot of peanut butter, but I'm actually eating peanut butter. <laughs> it's real. If we're wrapping up with things that we like, um, we didn't talk about, I think it's one of the first episodes. There's an episode that ends with some cheesy song playing over a montage, of everybody doing their thing on the beach. And then it like turns out that it's diegetic music. That's just playing on Hurley's CD player and it dies. Yeah. That's like, that's yes. one of mine. That's like one of my favorite moments of TV. Yeah. That's a really good one. It's a fun use of the music and combining it with the visual and how the montage just kind of stops and Hurley's like, well, there goes that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like one less good thing about the island already. Yeah. So I am very glad that I'm enjoying this as much as I am so far. I get the feeling that season three and beyond will make some choices that make me not happy. Uh, We'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) It depends on what makes you happy. Like, is it good television or is it happiness and rainbows? Because if it's one of those things, you're in for a rude awakening. <laughs> I think I think even if you like either one of those, uh, they both get tested. Yeah, that's about to say. That's true. So, like, season three is some of the best episodes and some of the, like, just weirdest writing choices. Oh, yeah, the the weirdest but best. I'm so, yeah, we we don't need to talk about how excited I am to talk about season three. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'll try and hurry, Shane. No worries. Um, I'm probably going to keep watching some episodes after we do this. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for joining me to discuss Lost. There is one more person in our Lost group who is unable to make it today. So hopefully Richard will be joining us at some point on this wild journey that I've decided to take at maybe not the best time, but it's happening. We're running with it. (laughs) I think it's great timing. What else are you going to do? There's a panda. You can't go anywhere. Might as well watch Lost. Yeah. It's not like I have any work to do or anything. It's like you're on vacation in Hawaii, right? Is it like that? Is it? (laughs) I've never been to Hawaii. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Then this is just like it. (laughs) We'll take a group trip. In five years. (laughs) See the Bigfoot. (laughs) I think we broke Shane.
<laughs> you got me with the big foot. <laughs> I thought that I was fine. And then Shane kept laughing and my water just like fell out of my mouth. <laughs> I've been ho- hovering over my mute button because of my giggles. It's the second time I've spit my water out <laughs> today because of you guys. So that's a win. Wowie. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Here it went again. Thanks. Three bye. Times. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye.